Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 291 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So it is December 15th as you are listening to this. I know the year is winding to a close. And actually, for those who listen to every episode, and we so thank you for that, um, we've done more than 90 episodes this year. And the final three of the year, it just kind of worked out that they are all our Tuesday shows. So we're finished with our More Than Mom episodes for the year. We just had one on Sunday, two days ago. That was really fun. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. But we're done with our voices episodes. We're done with our any special series or bonus conversations we've brought for you. So we have remaining in 2020, we have today and we have next Tuesday, which will be just a few days before Christmas. And then we have Tuesday, the 29th. So it's I don't know. I kind of like closing out the year just with a few lovely Tuesdays. And Megan, you had a great idea for an episode. Well, every now and then I can be helpful. And Sarah, you I was going to the grocery store and you we're overthinking. <laughs> just seems As like how does. we spend our days. <laughs> As one does. And you had this like whole idea for how to use these last three episodes and you just couldn't kind of bring it together. And as I was like, I don't know, walking down the aisle to get cheese or something, I thought, yeah, like what if we did like holidays, past, present, and future? Like the three in a row um, lends themselves well to that. But also the fact that one of them will be before Christmas. The next one will be just before Christmas. So kind of present. And then the last one will be just after Christmas. So I thought it'd be fun for us to like spend the whole first episode, just like looking back on our lives as, um, and specifically as moms, um, over the holidays. And what I really love about that is that, you know, this is my 24th Christmas season. This is your what? 13th Mm -hmm. Christmas season as a mom. And, um, we don't like everybody knows we have kids of that age. And that, that means we've done a lot of different things and lived in a lot of different places, but like, we don't often get a chance to kind of go back through time 
And I like that the context of like looking at the holidays and what our lives were like at different times. So today yeah. is, of course, Christmas past. Um, and then we'll do present and future in the future. Well, can I just say something about um, A Christmas Carol, the Dickensian yeah. tale that inspired this or that we're going to reference? Um, like five years ago, I admitted that I I have a degree in English literature and I had never read any Dickens, which was just a, kind of an accident. And you said you should read A Christmas Carol because it's really easy to read and, you know, you kind of already know the story. So it doesn't right. feel like following along with all these crazy Dickens characters. And I did. You assigned me a literature read <laughs> and I did. And it's got to be five years ago. Longtime listeners may remember. I think we talked about it on the show, but I was so proud of myself. Um, and so there you go. Anybody who's never read A Christmas Carol, I'm sure you've seen different movie and play adaptations, but it is a delightful short Dickens read. And I may even read it again this year. So I was that's, thinking I would read it again this year. It is delightful and easy. Yep. And and it should be free on any e-reader. I, I read most of my books in hard copy, but that those Dickens and other classics are often just literally free. You could get it on your yep. iPad or any Kindle or anything. So um, we probably will make reference to the ghost of mom Christmas past and present yes. and future. So thank you, Charles Dickens, for inspiring this. Episode. I don't plan on walking around rattling chains or anything, but I am um, curious, Sarah, if you have a favorite adaptation of A Christmas Carol. I, I actually don't because I, yeah, I think I missed a few of them growing up. Do you? I, I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen enough of them. What's your favorite? Kevin Klein? So there was that one, one that came out. There was one that came out in the 70s called, um, well, I, see, they always often have slightly different names and they get confused, but it was a yeah. musical. And it starred, I believe, Albert Finney as mm-hmm. Scrooge. It might have just been called Scrooge. And I remember growing up watching that one and loving it as a kid. Um, that So that one, it has like great music. That one was really great. And then um, the, I would say the Muppets one is pretty good. Yeah, that's the, the one Muppets I've Christmas probably Carol. Yeah. seen most often. And then the Mickey, there's, there's a Mickey Disney one that's pretty cute too for little kids. Yep. So... Megan, something we did way back in the spring every so often um, when the pandemic first started is once a month or so, we would just kind of whatever the topic of the episode was, we would just first check in for a few minutes about really COVID and the pandemic and how it was affecting our lives and our communities. And we have the the time and space to do that, that today. And we're at a particularly dire place numbers wise in our country. So um, I thought we could do this. We're recording this on December 11th. Um, and I can go first, but I just thought we could share like what it's like living in our community right now. And then within our kind of smaller domains, our little bubbles or our, you know, work from home situation and just how we're doing. So I can go first. Um, California is not doing well right now. And we had a new stay at home order put into place by our governor. It's, it's not as strict as March. Um, retail is still open, um, and schools that schools that showed they could open safely without outbreaks back in October um, are allowed to stay open. But everything else like leisure travel and gatherings of any size and gyms and nail salons and hair salons. And so everything's back closed here. Um, and just, you know, as of this recording, the, the kind of the Thanksgiving spike that they were expecting and hospital capacity is a real concern in our state. So um, I feel a little, I, I, I think others can probably relate to this, that I feel a little almost guilty that it, it hasn't directly affected, like my life is roughly the same. And yet I know so many businesses and so many individuals are, are really, really hurting. So that's something that's just on my mind 
right now and, and ways that I can help and, you know, use my privilege. But it, it's a strange feeling to know that my state and my community are struggling so much. And yet it's almost like life is kind of pandemic normal in my house. So I don't know. How yeah. about you? So it's interesting. So, you know, my little area of Michigan had been doing very, very well this whole time, uh, except for like, you know, everybody had like a little spike or a scare back in March. But then after that, it really leveled out around here and or maybe April. Um, after that, it was pretty, you know, the numbers were really low and, and controlled. And so summer, my, my social group was much, much smaller and much more of what we were doing was happening outside. But I still went places and saw people. It just was like kind of like a COVID version of that. Modified. Was, yeah. Yeah. Modified. Um, and now what's kind of happened is all at once it's cold. So everyone's mm -hmm. inside and they did shut down restaurants and bars and things like that. Again, retail's still open. It's kind of like a lot of the changes. They almost went in reverse. Like last year, gyms were one of the last things to open up. Those have not closed, but you can't go to in-person like group classes anymore. And so it's just, I feel like some of the holdouts last time around were the things that this time hung on longer. Um, mm -hmm. and vice versa. The funny thing is though, that like we talked about this a few times, they keep, you know, adding restrictions and things like that, but it's not really affecting my life that much. Cause I wasn't really going to go be sitting inside restaurants eating anyway. So mm -hmm. like, it just doesn't, it doesn't really feel diff that much different from how a December might usually be for me, except I probably would have gone out for cocktails with my friends a couple of times. Like that's right. the biggest difference. Um, as far as like lifestyle, uh, I will say that I now know so many people who have have COVID, have had COVID, mm -hmm. um, who know someone who has COVID. Like that was not a thing here. Like really, we had, again, like a few deaths um, in our area last spring of people who kind of were well-ish known. So like, you know, someone knew the, it was like the brother of someone, someone knew, you know, like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And now it's like, so many families I know are personally affected and they did just have their first school spread situation, which had not mm. happened before. Um, the schools were doing a really good job and, and managing it. And the, they did shut down the middle and high schools, but I, that was really more because so many kids were quarantined that it was mm -hmm. making it impossible and teachers like they couldn't run the class. Yeah. Um, but now like one of the, they did keep the elementary schools open and one of them had a spreader event and they had to close it down. So like, it does feel like a tipping point of sorts. And I really feel for, you know, the restaurants and mm -hmm. um, retail shops that are really counting on this time of year um, and already have taken a big hit and the aid's not there anymore. Like yeah. it's not, there's not there, at least back in April, there was, there was something to do. There was some mm -hmm. kind of, um, oh, there was help on the way and it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like that now. And it, it does feel pretty bleak. Um, but, but strangely, I feel very so far insulated from it personally. And I also know that that could change at yeah. any moment. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Well, we're just, um, thinking of all of you listening, cause we know that no community is not touched by this. So, um, yeah, we, we love when you send us emails, let us know how you're doing. And, um, I just think it's relevant once in a while to just check in about like how this is affecting our, you know, our immediate communities. So yeah, it is also nine days now till Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. And so um, I feel like that is go time, at least for me. I don't feel ready actually for Christmas in the, in the very non COVID, like 
do I have, you know, are my lists checked off? I feel very scattered this, this year. Like I'm no, it's, it's almost like I don't, I don't have a sense of time or deadlines anymore. I usually have stuff shipped. I should have shipped earlier this year than normal years. And I didn't. So I don't know. I think it's just the weariness, the brain weariness of this year is like catching up to me. And it, it's, I'm not even very stressed about it. I'm just like, yeah, I'm a little bit of a hot mess in the Christmas shopping department right now. Well, you, so. you seem just, dis- I think it's because you're disoriented, like for mm-hmm. you, cause you're so calendar oriented. <laughs> like once something gets off, it shifts like the entire navigation system. Yeah. And it yeah. just doesn't function the way it should. So you want to hear something weird? Yeah. I am more on top of Christmas than I've ever been this year. Interesting. I have my entire shopping list done. Every wow. kid. Um, all the stocking stuffers except for candy. Um, but here's the thing. I don't have any distractions right now. Yeah. I like sit at home and embroider. <laughs> like, <laughs> and buy Christmas gifts. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. So usually my evenings would be like filled with, you know, getting together with friends and doing this and that. And I'm not doing any of that this year. So like I got nothing but time. So I just got on it early. Good for you. I think I've, um, yeah, the, the time disorientation and also, um, I, I have found been very distractible online. I think this Mm. whole year. So the pleasure of online shopping, usually I feel like I'm getting away with something like I don't even have to hit the crowded malls. I'm going to do yeah. all this online and it's lost its luster for me because we've, we've ordered everything online since March. Right. And, right. Um, it's not fun I, anymore. Yeah. I actually <laughs> yeah. masked up yesterday and popped into a few local businesses that I wanted to support. And, um, yeah, it just, it all feels so different this year. And I'll just add one more thing before we go to break. And we talked about this in our Facebook group, but your and my business are like the way we run our podcast and our actual business that, you know, we, we rely on for our income gets super, super busy in December. And how do I forget this every, I forget this every year. Next year, you need to remind me, Megan, but um, I'll try. I'll do my best. It always takes me by surprise too, though. Yeah. And and I think that, yeah, I think I kind of thrive on that momentary rush. mm -hmm. And I also decided to like load up my plate more by adding this crazy 25 days of blogging challenge in there and all this stuff. So something about that frenetic energy really works for me. And I have a feeling that's probably why I'm ahead. Um, whereas if I try to go more slow and steady, I just kind of forget to do stuff. Yeah. And it it isn't with making the December episodes of the podcast. It's all of the stuff that you all don't see. Um, and a lot of it has to do with our brand partnerships and, and marketers and brands are trying to meet year end deadlines. They're trying to plan their partnerships for next year. We might solidify like a big portion of our revenue in the next six weeks between the end of January or end of December and the first part of January. Yeah. And, and we, that's very gratifying. I mean, we, we like running a successful business, but it's like, it surprises me that I'm like, ah, like right. I didn't, I didn't budget energy for this. So interesting. Just a little behind the scenes there. So Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. 
She heated it up for lunch one day and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Ebenezer! (laughs) Ebenezer Scrooge! You like it? That was really good, actually. That was a really good voiceover actor. Yeah, just for that part. A ghosty voiceover. I love it. Um, Okay, so the ghost of Christmas past arrives in the night to show you your younger mom self. We're not going to go back to childhood. We're going to our motherhood holiday seasons. Um, And we didn't really plan like what kind of memories. So this is wide open. We're just going to each share um, a couple of memories from early motherhood Christmases. um, And you go first. Sure. Okay. So the ghost of Christmas past has grabbed me by the hand. I'm in my nightgown, my long white frilly nightgown and my nightcap. (laughs) And we're flying through the air (laughs) and we're flying all the way back to Nashville, Tennessee, where um, John and I lived in this tiny little apartment with my brother, John, and brand new baby, Jacob, who was like five weeks old their first Christmas, something like that. He's November uh, 10th is his birthday. So right around five, six weeks old. And this is a really nice apartment. It was small, but it was really, really nice. And it had a great fireplace and a mantle, which was very important to me. And we had this teeny weeny um, artificial tree that we had inherited from John's mom. And honestly, I think it had been made like in 1960. It was just old. Like it, um, the the, uh, branches, like the needles on it were they looked papery, like a plasticky paper. So they okay. didn't even have that like real needle look. And the whole yeah. thing screwed together like it was like a wooden post and then like all these holes and you just jam the, oh, the, oh, the yes. I don't need like what you the mean. artificial thing, like the branches in them. And 
you know, we hadn't had a chance to yet collect any ornaments the way that you do as, as your kids get older and they get given to you or the kids bring them home from school or whatever, or even just buying them. Like I hadn't done, like I didn't, hadn't, I hadn't had time to set up housekeeping in that way. And we didn't have right. a ton of money. Um, so I covered this tree with these little gold bows and like those white foil balls, like they're, they have like that texture. I can't, they're mm-hmm. like, they're kind of shiny, like semi shiny, um, like painted foil. And it was actually really, really pretty. And it looked kind of designery and I was very proud of it. Um, it was very cheap and it was very small. And Jacob just had like these soft little Christmas jammies and he was a really easy baby. And it was just like the coziest, sweetest year. And I don't think that year, I don't think we went anywhere at Christmas that year because I would have been really pretty newly postpartum and he was so tiny. Um, I think we hung around and I think we just did like presents with my brother maybe, but if not, we, maybe we did travel. I think on Christmas day we were in our little apartment though. And did I remember you feel it very like you well were playing house. I totally you were so like young. I, I mean, house. so young married and young yeah. mom. Yeah, it was, it was very much like, what am I like? I'm the mom now. And I, I liked it. I thought it was very exciting. Like what a great time um, of year to be a new yeah. mom, but I like a new, new mom, you know, it, but it was a little bit of like, oh, so now I have to take this over. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. You? Well, my first memory or the one that popped up first is probably not my very first. Well, no, it, it was my very first Christmas because here I am sitting at a sewing machine at my kitchen table in the first little house we owned. Um, and I am sewing our stockings myself. And I think back on this. So my brief history with sewing is that my mom actually is quite a good seamstress, but she doesn't enjoy it. Like she learned to be very proficient. um, And she was even a textiles major in college for a little while. And she's really good with sewing, but she, she doesn't enjoy it, but she taught me as a kid. And I'm so glad that I'm really comfortable with a sewing machine and hand sewing both. I'm not like sewing my own clothes or anything like that, but I'm not intimidated by a sewing machine or a pattern or anything like that. And I've always been grateful for that. And then one of my very first mom friends, Nikki, is like an amazing professional seamstress. She still teaches sewing classes. And um, we were very, very close friends when our first babies were born in Arizona. And I was kind of influenced by that. And I, it's so funny because if I hadn't had a good friend near me who like, because this is like, I, I feel like not a lot of young people in the aughts in the 2000s were like busting out their sewing machine a lot. And, right, and yeah. somehow I was connected to my friend Nikki, who who was she was making stuff all the time for her baby and for their home. And um, so it's just a good example of that, like accidental peer pressure. If you hang out with someone who's super into like baby wearing or making their own baby food, you kind of like pick up on these things. So I decided to make our stockings and I found a pattern, I think, on the Internet. And I went and I got fabric and I'm very, very cheap when it comes to buying fabric because I love kind of a patchworky. I love kind of the remnant section and the, it's the thrifter in me. I love, yeah, it's like, I almost intentionally want fabric scraps and I can't explain why, but I got an assortment of Christmassy fabric remnants and I kind of decided what would be the front and what would be the back. And then, you know, the top kind of came up and folded over and I did a really good job and I made So I made three stockings, one for me, one for Brian, one for Allegra, and I bought enough material for a fourth because I just figured I would need that. I didn't think far enough ahead. I mean, when (laughs) I had my first baby, I didn't, I didn't. 
And so um, the only thing I kind of always regretted about those stockings is the I wanted our names on them. And in, I thought about taking them to a place that could embroider because I did a good job on the sewing. The sewing job was good. They looked nice. But I bought iron-on gold letters that just were like the cheap iron-on. And so I, I did that. And they had our names. But the the personalization is the only thing that looked pretty hokey, pretty like yeah homemade. The, sew- the seamstressing job was actually pretty good. And then um, later on, this is not the same memory. So the memory is just me at my sewing machine, like doing this very like cliche domestic thing and making our sweet little stockings that first year. And then in case anybody's wondering, I made Reed one when I was pregnant with him or his no for his first Christmas. And then when Violet was born, I just used it as an excuse and I bought us all really nice matching stockings. I still have the four, the four homemade ones, and I can maybe even put a picture up or something. They're very sweet, um, but I, I used I used it as a natural opportunity to upgrade when Violet came along. So, yeah. Here is a really offhand question, sort of semi-related. Do you wash your stockings like in the no. laundry? <laughs> no. So I have never, but honestly, we have now been carrying around some of these stockings for like 20 years plus, mm-hmm. and they're starting to look gross. And I don't know if you can wash them. I bet Any you would. Wash? T- I think you should take them to a dry cleaner if they're nice and just like have them, um, because I don't, I don't know what they're made of or how everything would hold up, but yeah. washing machines can be really tough or, I mean, you could hand yeah. wash, but I feel like a dry cleaner would at least be able to tell you like, yes, we can. Yeah. They, just they do a grubby. lot of, yeah. They, a lot of them dry have cleaners yeah. do a lot of like drapes and curtains and upholstery mm-hmm. even. So they might just be able to tell you if they could do something. So, and they yeah. weren't like super nice, but they were like target nice. Like they were like the nicer, like weren't the like cheapo felt ones that fall apart or meant, right. you know, they're, they're, they're real legit with nice um, detail. And, and I really wouldn't, I really don't want new ones at this point because I'm attached to the ones we have. So that's yeah. a good idea. Um, all right. Well, you ready for, for me to share another? Yeah, I think we're back. The camera, the camera pans back over <laughs> to Megan Scrooge. Oh wait, no, you are me no. with my face pressed against a window. And this time I'm looking through the sliding glass door of a different apartment. Um, also very, very broke at this point, Jacob. And actually we were probably broker at this point because we added another kid and moved and, um, Jake and Isaac were probably four and two. And we still had the same teeny tiny little artificial tree and money was really, really tight that year. And I think about that, that Christmas a lot right now. Um, just because I just think I was so dumb. Like I didn't know what I didn't know. And mm-hmm. in some ways that was so good. Like I didn't, it was kind of, it was pre all the pressure of knowing like what other kids were getting for Christmas. And my kids didn't really have friends yet. They just had yeah. their cousins and each other. And so like under the tree, there was just a huge pile of um, 99 cent matchbox cars. And then that year, the, the $5 aisle at Target was new. It was like, a, they added a, uh, I don't even know if they have it anymore. But they added like a $5 aisle, a $10 aisle, and a $15 I do remember aisle. that, yeah. And they were sort of like generic toys. So they would like, they would kind of be similar to like a name brand toy, but like the Target generic version. Mm-hmm. But they were pretty good. Like I got a little um, xylophone and just like a, I don't know, a handful of things, like a, a little um, pretend like computer, I guess. Like you would just press buttons and it would kind of talk to you more like a, like a plastic computer book almost thing. Mm-hmm. But I, the kids were so excited. Like they had no idea that Christmas probably cost me $40. Like Mm -hmm. they just, they, they got presents and our expectations were so low. 
So I didn't feel any guilt, you know, spending so little. I felt actually very resourceful. Like I was so proud of myself that I was able to pull it together on so little. And then they were just thrilled because they were little kids and they got toys and what do they care? You know, and it was just, they also, I don't know, they weren't quite old enough yet to really absorb the idea that when you see something in a commercial, that's something you could actually have. Like they were starting to kind of get that, but like they, they weren't yet laboring under the delusion that all of those things might be theirs. Um, and I think we were too break to even have cables. So like we just watched VHS tapes anyway. So like they didn't even really see them. So anyway, it's just, I smile when I think back to that and I think of what my holidays have blown up into Mm -hmm. and, um, how it's really nice to be able to do that, but how unnecessary so much of it is. So yeah. yeah. Now I'm squeak, squeak, squeak. Like I'm I'm rubbing away the frost to catch one more peep. And now I'm going to hand it over to you. Move on. And I fly (laughs) through the night. (laughs) I think you should do like a voiceover, like narration over this whole thing with your talent, your voiceover talent. So the, my next little vignette here is um, I'm going to call it the Christmas Eve of many mishaps. And I think I might have told part of this story again, friends, I mean, before, but you'll, you'll just sit back and hear it again in its entirety. Uh, Violet is born January 21st. So by Christmas, I am 36 weeks, right about 36 weeks pregnant at Christmas time. And, and that is where this story takes place. So Allegra is four. Reed is two and a half. And Violet is 36 weeks gestation and I am very Mm. pregnant. Um, And the day of Christmas Eve, we were at my parents and it was it was more funny mishaps during the day. The dogs ate something and got really sick. So two dogs are throwing up all day and a smoke alarm like is beeping and we have to call like the the details are fuzzy. But I just remember it was already kind of a comedy of errors during the day, Um, but it felt like. I think they weren't really my problems. They were a little bit more my mom's problems because the smoke alarm that we were trying to cook and bake and the um, actually it was a carbon monoxide alarm that it just kept doing that intermittent beeping. And we were like, well, we've got to solve this before tonight or no one's going to sleep. Um, and it was Christmas Eve. So we had to get somebody out there and the dogs got into something. I mean, dogs getting into something and eating it. Is that not the most like classic? It, holiday I believe mishap? movies have been written about this. Yes. Right. And I can't remember. I think they ate cookie dough is my memory, like like sugar oh cookie dough. And um, one of them, I think, was quite sick. I think one of them was pooping all over the house. Like it was that kind of. So anyway, the day goes on um, and Reed has a cough, which it was typical. He pretty much had a cough from when he was like one years old to five, like every winter all the time. And they were the types of coughs that would keep us awake at night. So we go to bed and I cannot sleep because Reed's in a pack and play in our room at my parents and I'm 36 weeks pregnant and I cannot sleep for the life of me. And so I decide I'm going to go sleep somewhere else. Reed is kind of even sleeping through his cough, but I'm not. So I, I wander around the house and I can't find any extra blankets anywhere. And so I end up like in this cold little living room with with bath towels over me. And I just remember being so selfishly mad. You know, that kind of pregnancy phase where you're like, you just, why isn't everyone taking care of my needs and they see what I'm doing. I'm just dating a baby. Exactly. I wanted everyone like in the middle of the night to know what a martyr and how miserable I was. And I was so grumpy and just, I just, that's kind of, that's the image that I laugh. And I was so big and I was on this couch with two bath towels on top of me as blankets and just feeling like the world had wronged me, which is so funny because in the grand scheme, I was just going to be fine. And then the final, so I didn't sleep all night. And then the final thing that happened was early, early in the morning. Well, I can't remember if it was the night before or that morning, but at some point we had thought that the two lightsabers 
that um, were going to magically appear on Christmas morning needed batteries. And I freaked out and I made my dad go to Walgreens at like five in the morning on Christmas. We might have realized it the night before, but it was too late. So we decided that someone would go to Walgreens. And I was I was just not very nice this Christmas, I will admit. I was grumpy. I was pregnant. I hadn't slept. And someone went all the way to Walgreens, got back, tried to figure out how to put the light, the batteries in the lightsabers. And at this point, like children are stirring. Magic is supposed right. to have already occurred. And somebody had to break it to me that like these lightsabers never, they were never going to light up. They're just, pl- they shoot out like you can, like oh, they extend, oh. but they don't light up. Those and I was like, light up ones. That no. is hilarious. We had I was those. like, what oh. do you mean the lightsabers don't light up? And I was, I'm sure I was really mean to somebody, probably my husband. And then guess what? The kids loved their lightsabers. They were fine. Yeah, I was those are fine. Really fun, even though they don't but light that up. is the, that is the Christmas of grumpy pregnancy, like spoiled brat, Sarah. So that's, that's the, the general that vibe. <laughs> love it. Oh. Okay. Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately. And it always feels so good to get rid of clothes. I'm not wearing things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, your journey continues um, and you are going to tell us about the next vignette in the holidays past of your mom life. Okay, so now we're flying, flying. Through the air and we're flying to um, the house we lived in after William was born. So I feel like I feel like up until that point, 
we had still done most Christmas celebrations like like somebody else was in charge of dinner. Like mm. we were either getting together with um, John's family or my family. Like I just I think that really us kind of deciding that three kids was the max that I mean, we couldn't travel anymore. We just didn't want to do that. And we just wanted to do it ourselves um, was when William was added to the family. So what I recall is that that year, my sister was going to come over and um, Will was two months old and Jake and Isaac would have been, I don't know, like uh, six and four, six and four. Yep. And so we went to the movies and I just have to like point out that I was 26 years old. So like I had not been an adult long enough to know some things that you just learn (laughs) as you get older, like, like that you have to take a frozen turkey out of the, you know, out of the freezer, like five days in advance, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, we just decided like on a whim to go see the movie Elf late in the afternoon. Just, just cause I think Will was like starting to fall asleep and it was like, oh my gosh, what perfect timing. The other kids really wanted to see it and I knew he would nap. And so we went into the movie theater at like, I don't know, six, like five, six. I feel like it was a matinee that wasn't, wasn't a late movie because the kids would have, you know, it was yeah. Christmas Eve and we would have wanted the kids in bed. Um, so we went to the movies and, you know, think this through when we got out of the movie, all the grocery stores were closed. Of course. And we had not bought any groceries because <laughs> we thought we would do that when we got out of the movie. And it was such a spur of the moment decision. So we went to, um, we were living in the Lansing area. So in mid Michigan, there's a line of it's kind of like a glorified corner store, gas station store. They're called Quality Dairy. And most of them don't even have a gas station attached anymore. Okay. But it's like, it's like a better. K? Yeah. Like it's, it's like a, it's like a nicer, bigger, like they have more selection than your typical like mini mart. Right. But not much. And um, I remember that we had frozen chicken breasts at the house. And at that store, I was able to get like rolls, green beans, like mashed potatoes in a bag. Um, I mean, just. <laughs> you know, beverages. I'm sure we just did a lot of beverages that year. And I just remember my sister sounding so mad when I told her, like she was six or 10 years older than me. So she's probably thinking, yeah, you dumb dumb. Like, what were you thinking? But in the end, she came over for dinner and it was, I think she was just annoyed that I hadn't thought through. Um, in the end we had dinner and it was really fun and it was fine that we just kind of had like a, a cheapo, like what I probably wouldn't even have wanted to make on a typical like Tuesday night. Right. Cause you're trying to take you're trying to take convenience store food and then make it into a bigger meal than if you had just like taken the chicken breasts and made quesadillas or right. something like that. Exactly. So exactly. Oh, yep. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Well, my next one also involves the introduction of more extended family. And this is actually kind of an unbelievable story if you haven't heard me reference it before. But my mother-in-law, whom I love, and actually this story includes a lot of love for my mother-in-law. It's not a, it's not a negative mother-in-law story, but um, she often comes in the fall to visit us, usually around Brian's birthday, which is Halloween or day before Halloween. This particular year, she came in November. And I want to say it was like mid-November. And this is relevant because of how long she ended up staying. So I think she came around like November 12th and was set to leave before Thanksgiving. She was going to go back to her home in Connecticut for Thanksgiving. So um, she was there from like, let's say November 12th to like the 19th or something like that. And she did some Christmas shopping for the kids while she was in town because she was with them and she could even though it was a little early in the season. Um, So the night before she left, uh, the kids are in bed. It's like 730 or eight o'clock at night. And 
she's going to get on a plane the next morning to go back to Connecticut. And we're in our family room, me and Brian and Peg, my mother-in-law. And we have a bunch of toys and things spread out on the floor because she had bought a bunch of little things for the kids. And we were trying to get a visual of like, okay, what do we need to stash away? Should she wrap? And we even had wrapping paper out because she thought, I'm going to help you guys. I'm going to wrap these now and just tuck them away. Even though Christmas is in six weeks, we'll just be done with this. So on our wooden floor, there was kind of this like, it was like, strategically laid out piles. Does that make sense? I'm painting the visual picture. Yes. Yes. I am picturing it. And she got up and there was wrapping paper. I'm pretty sure involved. She got up to go grab a pen or a Sharpie or some scissors or something. And she went around the corner and she slipped on a piece of wrapping paper, I think. And she landed on the ground. Now at this point, I think Peg was 65 and healthy, lean, not overweight, not like no health issues, like a, a very spry 65. So she's on the ground. And and she is like she went down hard, but we can't see that like anything, you know, outwardly. And it was her leg. And we we got her up and put her on the couch. And that's one of the only times I've ever called 911 for like a true emergency rescue like that. Um, so paramedics come into my house um, and the kids are sleeping upstairs and they take her out in an ambulance to the hospital and Brian oh, goes with goodness. her and she fractured her femur, <sighs> the big bone. Oh, that's um, the one, the big, I was going to say the big the one. And it, I, when, I one. kid you not, we all saw it happen. It was a very fluke fall. It's not like she fell down stairs or slipped on ice. It was the flukiest weird thing. It would be more, it would be, it would make more sense if she'd like dislocated her knee or done some kind of a twist. Anyway, and um, we even thought maybe if she has early osteoporosis, like some bone density issues. Nope. When they did surgery, like her bone density is fine. So she broke her femur in my family room the night before she was supposed to head home. Okay, so all that I'll try and like be brief here. But all that to say she was in the hospital for a week. She had surgery. She cannot fly home to Connecticut um, at all, like for a long time. Not only that, but we don't have a downstairs bedroom or office or den or anything in that house with a door that closed. All the bedrooms were upstairs. We didn't even have a full bath downstairs and she can't climb stairs. So she's in the hospital for a week. And then we have to arrange for a hospital bed to be delivered to our house. And the place, the only place that made sense to put it was kind of in our front formal living. It wasn't really a formal living. We're like a front room area right by this big window. And we set it up and she, my mother-in-law lived in my living room for five weeks, I think. Um, maybe it was four weeks by the time she got home from the hospital and she couldn't go upstairs. She had to, we had to take her across the street to my neighbor Dawn's house, who was a nurse, um, who had a downstairs shower. So we had to like have neighbor help to wheel her across the street. And this makes it sound like she's a hundred years old. She's like I said, she's a very healthy and fit 65 at that time. Um, and so I guess the vignette that I'm looking at is this actually kind of a tender memory of my mother-in-law lived in my living room in a hospital bed for a month. <laughs> my kids were, um, I'm going to say four, six, and eight is probably about right. This is probably five, maybe three, five, and seven, somewhere like in those ages. And they would bring her books and climb in and they'd look on her iPad. They'd do all their, she was doing all her Christmas shopping on her iPad so like Violet, who was a very busy preschooler, as you know, and was like up in my business all the time, Violet would crawl in bed with granny and look at her iPad with her for like an hour. And it was actually great for me. Um, I'd make le- the kids would be at preschool or at school. And sometimes it would just be me and Peg and I'd make us lunch and 
she was delightful. It was like a very weirdly um, cozy time. And it, it, it was really hard on her. She was in a ton, ton of pain. It was not an easy recovery. And eventually, so she was all through Thanksgiving and through, I want to say she went home on like December 12th, 13th, 14th. So she was, you know, it was over a month and um, Brian flew her home to Connecticut and arranged for like someone to pick her up. And all I remember is I was a little bit ready to have a Christmas tree. I just thought I'm really looking forward to having a Christmas tree in my front window instead of a hospital bed. And I had to wait until I couldn't get a Christmas tree till, you know, past the middle of the month and they had to come get the hospital bed. And anyway, so that is like you could have decorated. You could have decorated your mother-in-law. Oh, totally. I mean, we made jokes about that. Like just put some, (laughs) put a little star on granny's head. And I mean, nobody in the family will ever forget that. I love that. that. Christmas season. I love those stories. It's like, so like, first of all, so like completely out of the usual crazy, right. But then like such a kind of heartwarming, you know, story of togetherness and all that. Yeah. It's something yeah. like a movie might be written about. It, it, it might be. It might be. Yeah. I learned a lot about um, I, this is like for many other episodes, but elder care is like a real thing. Yeah. Parent, people's parents are getting older and I was all of our Brian's dad passed in a different way, but the rest of our parents are young and healthy. So we just haven't had that kind of responsibility. And boy, if you've never done it and then all of a sudden you're dealing with things like wheelchair deliveries and, um, you know, coordinating services. And like, I, I think both Brian and I were like, Oh, okay. Like this is a, um, a peek into a world that we haven't had to do yet. So, yeah. All right. Another turn. Okay. Well now we're flying across the Midwest and across Lake Michigan. And we're ending up in our, um, place in Chicago where we lived for a little over a year. And we only spent one Christmas in Chicago and it was, so it was my only truly like big, big city holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville's big, but we were like a little bit on the outskirts and lived in Minneapolis for two years, but again, kind of on the outskirts, but we were in the city and I learned some things about that year. Um, but specifically at Christmas, just about getting around in the city with a bunch of little kids. It's yeah. not <laughs> as easy as one might think. And like, we were in this neighborhood that, you know, it wasn't particularly walkable. It was, um, more residential and we were just kind of far enough away from like Target and everything else that everything just felt like a huge hassle. So yeah, even coming up to Christmas Eve. Oh, plus I didn't mention I had four boys um, at the time. So they were 10, 8, 4, and 2. So Jacob, mm-hmm. Isaac, Will, and Owen. And so like getting out was really hard. It was just like a stressful time. And um, so I feel like we were still doing shopping like like Christmas Eve, like it's, you know, Mm -hmm. and also at that age, you have to arrange for someone else to be with the kids. If you want to go shopping with your spouse and we didn't have anyone in town because we were new um, and we had a two-year-old and it's not always easy to find care for a two-year-old. So I think like maybe my landlady's teenage daughter came over and babysat or something and we went shopping, but it was like four o'clock on Christmas Eve. Right. And we had all these plans about what we were going to get and we brought it all home and then we finally got the kids to bed and um, started assembling things and everything misfired. I've told this story before, but this is That's more detail. Okay. So it's okay. We were supposed to be giving one of the kids a little motorcycle and one of the wheels was missing. We were supposed <laughs> to be giving one of the kids a keyboard and it wouldn't turn on. Um, oh. Like just everything that could be broken was like broken. So that year, Owen and Will got a cozy coupe, um, like one of those little red, I yeah, think it's red cars. and yellow. Yeah, yeah. cars mm-hmm. to share. That was their gift. <laughs> and 
stocking stuffers and that's it. And I honestly don't remember what Jacob and Isaac got. I think they got um, rock band that, that uh, it's like garage band, but it's, or no, sorry. What is it? Is it called rock band? Guitar the one hero? where you sing yeah. along, but it's like that, but they have, but you can sing and there's drums too. Got it. So it's okay. like guitar hero, but, but with all four instruments mm-hmm. and they got that and they're stocking stuffers and that might've been the only things that worked for them too. But I just actually remember it being a really nice Christmas and everybody being really excited. So it's like the theme continues with like yes. the year I think is a total fail or where it, it gets very simplified due to budget or whatever reason. Um, ended up actually really being a very nice holiday and, and giving a shared gift was not a big deal. Right. I kind of thought it would be a big problem. And even for a two and four year old, they were, they were able to understand the concept of like, either taking turns or we both cram in at once and it yeah. worked. Yeah. Um, so. As you're talking, I'm realizing that another common theme is the last minute panic that you haven't done enough. Yes. And I think every, yeah. every mom can relate to this, whether you have a huge budget and you like to go over the top or whether you're broke this year, it doesn't matter. We all do that thing where we're like, the 11th hour, we've got it all laid out. And like somebody's pile is bigger or like that thing we thought was going to like, Oh, another thing that happens is the thing you thought was going to be the big ticket is the kid mentions that day. Like, Oh, I'm not really into Pokemon anymore. And you're like, (laughs) ah, so it's like, um, I think no matter how many times you've done it, like you have to remind yourself, like, it's going to be okay. Even if it's not, even if you have like a nine-year-old who's old enough to be kind of grumpy and disappointed on Christmas, guess what? They'll be fine. Like, Yep. It, it's going to be fine. Um, and that's such a universal mom experience of like, no matter how carefully you plan, how many lists you check off, everybody wants to cry on Christmas Eve at some point because they think they haven't <laughs> well, and done yeah, it right. There's the variables of batteries and things that might not work the way they're supposed to. And other humans that you have to take care of and, and who you can't control. You can't control their emotions or their feelings yeah. around things. And mothers-in-law breaking their femurs like there's yeah. like so much outside of your control that it doesn't really matter yeah how well you plan it like it's just rife for something going wrong yeah, yeah. oh that's really that's a sweet I'm I'm glad you had that Chicago Christmas too I'm just picturing Hallmark movie like fat snowflakes and city <laughs> city sidewalk yeah so, it was love cool it. Um, okay. Well, the last one is a more recent, um, and this will be, this will be an amalgam of several years in a row where the exact same thing happened. Um, and much more recent for me. And I'm genuinely kind of sad about that this, this, this year. And that is our, I took our entire neighborhood kids. I was in charge of taking them caroling, um, in our Mm -hmm. old orange County neighborhood. I think we had four years in a row ending with last year. Um, and I lived in the most amazing neighborhood. I've talked about it many times and families who just were friends and kids who played together. And when we moved into that neighborhood, somebody already did a big Halloween potluck that was already set. Somebody kind of did a little Easter egg hunt for the kids. And I, as I was becoming friends with the moms, one of them said, oh, we've always thought it would be fun to take the kids caroling. Um, and I said, you know what? I, I think I could be in charge of that because it's like my kind of party to be in charge of. And the way we did it, um, is we opened up our garage. Nobody ever came inside except maybe to use the bathroom. So it was the best kind of party you didn't have to clean your house for. And we have warm weather in California. So we would order pizza and have everybody come play in our driveway and in the garage. And I had jingle bells and some little like maraca, like little egg shaker instruments. And I would send out a song list ahead of time and kids from like, toddler preschooler all the way up through like the awkward teenagers would get it together for like 
30 minutes. We'd practice a couple of times in the garage. We had like four or five songs and they just sang them. And then we would just go through again and we'd walk around the neighborhood. And the very first year we knocked on too many doors where nobody was home. And we realized like, we need to, Mm -hmm. we need to set the stage for success. Yeah. So we, we always kind of knew a few older neighbors who were expecting us. One, one neighbor house planned a party every year because they loved it so much. So they started having their friends over because the kids would come caroling and the kids would, you know, they'd have little antlers on their heads sometimes. Oh, I started adding tea lights in a little plastic cup so that they were like carrying little um, battery operated candles around. It was just the cutest thing. And Megan, you know, when we, this is going to be an Enneagram sidebar real quick, but we talk about <laughs> Enneagram. You can just close your ears, listeners, if you don't care or don't know what we're talking about. But I'm a one. And it is said that when ones are like in their healthiest, like, place that they go to a seven and a seven is like all fun all the time. Like, where's the party? Let's get everybody together. And I really think that this caroling party was like me letting go of all my other usual hangups and stressors and like the not fun part of me. And for one night a year being super fun. And I can't tell you how rewarding it was that the other parents would be like, I mean, often they'd say, were you a teacher or like, are you like, do you have experience like, you know, doing a choir or directing shows? I'm like, nope. I just, this is what I like. I like singing. I like music. I like Christmas. (laughs) I like kids singing. And for one night, I just like almost became like a different kind of personality. And it was so much fun. And that will never happen again because I moved. And I don't know when people are going to be allowed to sing in groups anymore. (laughs) I was going to say, singing a thing right now? I I know. So So that is just one of the happiest memories or traditions from my more recent motherhood life. And even my kids kind of like, they recognize that this was like, I mean, it was something our whole family put on for the neighborhood, but like I was in my element. There are great pictures. There's one picture of me with Violet in the Ergo on my back and I'm holding a beer and like directing children singing in my garage. It's just like, yeah, I was just in my element. So it's a happy memory. I love that. Well, I guess now we have to get dropped back off at our home. So (laughs) (laughs) the ghost of Christmas past is carrying us both by the hands and lovingly setting us back in our beds. And we're going to wake up to the dong, dong, dong. And then tomorrow night, you know, what's going to happen. Another, a new ghost. ghost is coming, but it actually won't be till next Tuesday. <laughs> we have a week to recover. <laughs> oh a week my to recover. Gosh. This is actually really, about? really fun though. I love it. It is really, really fun. I agree. Um, I did want to mention that, um, I know some listeners are following along with the blog series I've been doing. So 25 days of holiday help and I'm blogging every single day, uh, which has been fun. And, and I've really enjoyed getting back to it. So we had a couple of people ask if they could get those delivered via email. And for lots of reasons, it doesn't really make sense for us to do that on the mom hours email feed. Um, namely, we don't want all of you to end up with, you know, 25 days of emails that you didn't ask for. But I am going to start pushing those out on my personal email list. Um, starting this week sometime, probably by the time this episode airs, that will have started. So if you want to be on that list and also in 2021, one of my goals is to be doing a lot more writing. And so that would be a good place to keep up with me. So, um, can we just put the link to that in the show notes, Sarah? Yes, we can. Absolutely. So Um, we will have a sign up there in the show notes and you can, you can get on my list. Yeah. Get on Megan's list. I will be there. I'll be first on your list, Megan. You're Um, probably already on my list. Yeah. I have an old list. Four different email addresses (laughs) too. (laughs) Um, okay. So we will be back next Tuesday with a little Christmas present discussion, um, and check the show notes for any links we talked about. And we will talk to everybody next week.
Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. 